Mini episode 173 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to mini-episode number 173 of the FDH Lounge. This is FDH managing partner Rick Morris. We've got a great one for you here today with somebody who has truly, truly excelled in his field, and it's going to be a very exciting discussion, uh, certainly for me, that we're, that we're going to be having today. No question about that. I want to thank uh, the FDH New York Bureau, Steve Servillo, for uh, setting this up, uh, as always. I want to thank also our good friend, uh, Vernon Turner, who was uh, very instrumental in uh, getting this thing uh, going here today, uh, Vernon being the good friend that he is, uh, a former teammate of uh, this uh, individual, somebody who Vernon uh, understudied actually during his time in the NFL and specifically with the Detroit Lions uh, during his time with the team back in 1993, uh, one of the all-time great return men in the history of the NFL. I, I was very, very excited uh, when I found out uh, a little while ago, uh, some weeks back, that we were going to be doing this discussion. And one of the things that I want to bring up to this gentleman was uh, when I was talking to some of the FDH lounge dignitaries, some of the things that they were uh, saying to me, some of, the, some of the first things that came to mind when I mentioned the name. And I have a feeling that this is going to uh, prove to be a, a source of amusement for this, uh, this gentleman. I'm not even sure if he remembers uh, this particular uh, aspect of the flash and excitement of his career that a lot of people remember him for. Uh, but uh, it will be very, very interesting to uh, discuss with him. I speak, of course, of Mel Gray, uh, who uh, played his college football at Purdue, moved into uh, the USFL uh, subsequently, and uh, he played on uh, the Los Angeles Express team uh, that was uh, beset by uh, some of the the real uh, economic woes of the USFL uh, back at the time. They were moved on to the uh, the Outlaws uh, that played in various times at uh, Oklahoma and at uh, in Arizona. Uh, and then uh, so the Arizona Outlaws, a uh, little-remembered uh, precursor to the Arizona Cardinals. That was when the market really kind of first got its feet wet for professional football. Uh, that's that's not widely remembered among a lot of folks, but uh, that was the first team to really prove that football could be viable out there. And the next thing you know, the St. Louis Cardinals become the Arizona Cardinals. Moved on from there to play with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, again, the, the years that he is probably most remembered for, his time with the Detroit Lions. Subsequently, the Houston Oilers slash Tennessee Oilers of 95 to 97. I believe that's before the team was renamed uh, to the Titans. They had that sort of interim period when they were just uh, known as the uh, the Oilers still, even after the move, and then wrapping up his pro career with the Philadelphia Eagles. So it makes for a very interesting 
set of travels over the course of uh, a decade plus in professional football and having played for some great coaches. Uh, as he did over a period of time, uh, just in, in glancing at that list, uh, at, a, at a bare minimum as far as notable coaches go, you've got Jim Mora and you've got Jeff Fisher. Uh, played with a lot of great teammates along the way in the course of his uh, career. In his high school ball in Virginia, uh, he actually uh, was uh, lining up uh, uh, with uh, playing, def- or play- playing on the football team with uh, one of the great uh, defensive players subsequently would become in, in the history of the NFL, Lawrence Taylor, uh, with the uh, aforementioned Los Angeles Outlaws. He played with Steve Young. And, of course, if you say the Detroit Lions 89-94, to 94, I'm sure the first guy that everybody thinks of uh, is uh, Barry Sanders. So b- between LT and Barry Sanders, uh, again, you're, you're going to find at least some people out there And these opinions are splittered, of course, what anybody considers to be the best uh, player in the the history of the league. There are some folks out there who will tell you LT is the best defensive player of all time, and i got to think there's at least a few folks that will tell you that Barry Sanders would be the best offensive player of all time. And this gentleman, at various points in time, of course, as I said, high school with LT and NFL with Barry Sanders was a teammate of both. And to say nothing of of Steve Young, who – uh, of course, was a Hall of Fame quarterback and would, would probably be on a very, very, very short list of the all-time greats uh, had his career not been uh, cut short by a concussion. If he played till say, about 2002, 2005, whatever, uh, Steve Young might uh, very well be in the top three or four guys uh, when, when people are doing the discussions of NFL quarterbacks. So, uh, and, and, and Mel Gray, of course, uh, got a chance to play with, with all of these guys. Uh, so we'll be talking about these things uh, with him uh, when we get him on the, uh, the phone here. We're efforting to get him on uh, momentarily. Uh, some other topics of discussion that uh, we certainly anticipate. Uh, to football fans of an even older generation, if you go back to the 1970s, there was a great uh, NFL wide receiver. Speaking of the Cardinals, as we did before, the Arizona Cardinals, back when they were the St. Louis Cardinals, a multi-time Pro Bowl wide receiver on that team, also named Mel Gray. So uh, football uh, fans uh, older than uh, myself who uh, really uh, were able to appreciate his career at the time uh, know uh, that name uh, and know that guy maybe first and foremost when when they hear uh, uh, the name Mel Gray. So I'd be very interested to know if he ever crossed paths uh, with his namesake, uh, either during his career or uh, afterwards. And, uh, again, one of the great return men of all time. He was named uh, as the, uh, the number five one by the NFL Network uh, in, in the course of his uh, playing career. And that, that really uh, puts him at an elite level. And you, you start thinking of uh, some of the other uh, all-time greats at the position, uh, whether it be uh, Billy White Shoes Johnson, or uh, I might be a little bit uh, uh, biased uh, as uh, somebody who grew up a Browns fan, if I were to say uh, Eric Metcalf, uh, who uh, would have been a contemporary of Mel's, but uh, some some really great ones there. If you're if you're number five of all time by the NFL Network's ranking, and this goes right back to what I started talking about at the outset when I said an all-time great, somebody elite at his level, somebody who was able to get it done like very few others in in, in his area of expertise. Uh, like very few others in the history of the game. And that's, that's just a very, very special 
uh, thing to be able to say about anybody in any walk of life, sports or otherwise. And as we said also, very, very grateful that uh, our good pal Vernon Turner was able to uh, set this up. Uh, Vernon uh, has been uh, in touch with now. I'll be interested to know uh, the extent uh, of which. I know Vernon has been uh, reaching out to a lot of his old uh, football brethren, uh, especially ever since his book came out, uh, The Next Level, a game I had to play, which is definitely a book that you need to check out if you have not already. Uh, but uh, essentially, long story short, how this came to pass as far as setting this up, Vernon now lives in the greater Houston area, and so does Mel. And as I say, I'm a little bit hazy on whether there was some communication with them throughout over the years or if that was reestablished uh, when Vernon moved down to uh, Houston, which uh, I believe was some point in the last decade or so. But uh, I know that uh, it, Mel's uh, friendship and his, his mentoring uh, that he had when he was with the Detroit Lions, that that is something that he really really treasure. So I, I was privileged to have the opportunity earlier in this year myself and the aforementioned Steve Servillo uh, to spend a little bit of time with Vernon. We actually stayed with him down in Houston for a few days and uh, got to hear some of his great stories about playing in the league. And uh, Mel Gray was one of the guys that he spoke uh, the most highly of. And uh, again, nothing nothing will bring out the little kid in you like uh, you know riding in the uh, riding in somebody's. Uh, truck listening to stories like that and uh, some of the things he said. There are some, there are some stories uh, that were told in confidence about some other players uh, that cannot be mentioned here, but uh, anything that uh, was said about uh, Mel Gray, uh, anything could be repeated because it was all of a very exemplary and complimentary uh, nature. So uh, although I've not yet uh, met the man or even talked to him off air, I do feel as though I know him a little bit uh, from hearing uh, Vernon's very uh, warm endorsement of him, and uh, talking about him and uh, mentioning him about him as be- being as great of a person as he was a, uh, a football player. And again, we all know uh, how great of a player he was. Certainly, one of the things I alluded to this previously. One of the things I want to ask him about. I'm unaware of his level of knowledge on this, but I'm certain that he is going to be uh, amused to talk about this with us. Uh, as I started talking amidst, uh, among the, uh, the FDH lounge dignitaries and telling them that we were going to be doing this segment, uh, it just, uh, which was pretty much along the lines of, hey, guess who we're having on? Mel Gray. The first guy to mention anything back to me, one of the dignitaries of the show, John Adams, said, oh, one of the all-time greats in the history of Tech Mobile. And I mentioned that to some of the other fellows, and I was kind of laughing, and I said, hey, guess what Johnny's reaction was? First thing he said when I said Mel Gray. And a lot of the other guys, Nate Noy and some of the other ones, I think Mike Petak also, they were like, yeah, yeah, that's the first thing I think of, sitting there playing video games. And if you had Mel Gray, you had a great chance to uh, to bust off a great punt return. And that's very interesting because, again, late 80s, Mel was certainly on the leading edge of players that were becoming uh, uh, known in video games. That was, I think, about as early as, as it went. Uh, me, me being uh, uh, one of the grizzled types that had a, an Atari 2600 in uh, the early 80s, it was unheard of to be able to play with individual players on there to know who you were playing. They were just generic games. But by the late 80s, you had players that were identifiable. 
You've got this guy, you know, you, you know who you're controlling on the console. And, yeah, the graphics were a lot more primitive than they are today. But we were just starting that process of being able to control an identifiable name guy on the screen there. And it's funny that, that to our generation, uh, looking back on it, it was something that I hadn't even really thought of until the thought was put in my head. Yeah, that's what a lot of people think of when they think Mel Gray. They think uh, sitting there playing in their dorm room playing Tech Mobile and yeah, I had Mel Gray, and I returned a couple punts for touchdowns on the video game, and one game is because of it. So that is definitely uh, something that uh, we look forward to uh, bringing up with him. Uh, it is becoming increasingly evident, I have to say, uh, from the information uh, that is in front of me right now, that for whatever reason, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to make this happen today. We have been, uh, again, trying to... Uh, effort to get this in uh, during this uh, segment, and I certainly apologize for anybody who's listening along live. Uh, we primarily promote uh, this show once we've been able to put it through some post-production and run it up on our blog and, and, and post it there, uh, But for, so we don't exactly treat it as though it's eavesdropping for anybody that's able to listen live, but this is, this is not the, the, the primary way that we promote uh, listening to the show. Uh, but nevertheless, it is possible to do that. So for the, for the sake of anybody who is uh, listening in uh, as we're talking right now, I certainly apologize. We were looking to make this happen today. And again, uh, for uh, as good of a guy as uh, we know uh, Mel to be, there must be something. Uh, and actually, you know what? And right about as I was about to uh, sign off here, uh, I'm seeing a uh, pop-up. And I believe this is outstanding. I believe we are going to be able to do this today. So... Yeah, I just want to start by saying it's a true pleasure to be able to get this gentleman on the program. Uh, he was a four-time Pro Bowler. Again, one of the all-time greats at what he did. Uh, he is the oldest, second oldest, and third oldest man ever to return kickoffs for touchdowns. The NFL Network named him the fifth greatest return man ever. And again, just me personally, it's always been my stance on this program that specialists should be uh, eligible for the Hall of Fame. If you were great as a specialist, I believe that you're a Hall of Fame player. That's my personal opinion. So fifth greatest of all time, according to the NFL Network, and I think most people would actually consider that to be uh, the, the floor of where the man would be rated as, there, as opposed to the ceiling. So, uh, again, it wouldn't take too much translation to tell you that I regard this man as a Hall of Famer. And just very, very excited to be able to have him on the program here today. I can only be speaking of the great Mel Gray. Mel, welcome to the FDH Lounge, sir. A real pleasure to have you on with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so happy to be able to uh, to have you on. Uh, I'd like to start this on kind of a light note. I I'm unaware if this is anything that that you know about or uh, if this if this has really uh, uh, come to your attention or not. But from talking to a lot of the uh, the contributors to this program, most of whom are about my age or perhaps even a shade younger, and I would have been high school slash college age slash early adulthood when you were playing, I mentioned the name Mel Gray, and the first thing a lot of these guys think of is greatest return man in the history of Tech Mobile. You know, I remember playing in my dorm and you know, the video game, and boy, if you had Mel Gray, you were always a threat to return a punt for a touchdown, so... Is, is that something that you're aware of? And, and i got to imagine you're at least a little bit amused by that. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it, of course, you're making me seem real old, but, <laughs> yeah, I'm aware <laughs> of that. 
my 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 son tells me all the time that you know I, I don't play Tecmo Bowl, but he sort of let me know that I'm there and you know I have some type of presence there that um, I seem to make an impact <laughs> in that game. So. Yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't the first thing I was expecting to hear when I mentioned to some of the guys when I said, "Hey, we're having Mel Gray on." And it, it's funny because yeah, they all kept saying the same thing. And uh, you know, you, you you were certainly in in the first generation, I would say, of players uh, that were uh, you know be able to be known for being on video games uh, because uh, you know it really wasn't until the late '80s that uh, that, that 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 was made available on the games right. there, but. Uh, Again, you uh, you had you know such such an interesting uh, career and uh, you know able to make an impact in in a, in a number of ways. I know when you first broke in, when you came out of Purdue, uh, you spent a little bit of time with the LA Express, and I don't know if you were there for the height of the chaotic period or not, but it, it was kind of a wild period, wasn't it? I know the franchise with it was having some financial problems and was kind of caught in a whirlwind. Were you there for the worst of it? Oh, most definitely. Uh, I got there in 85, 84, actually. Uh, mm -hmm. of, course, of course, they started in 83. I got there in 84, Steve Young, Zimmerman, and Kennard, and all of us. And, uh, man, we had such a good time. It was a great franchise, I thought. We had great owner, owners, coaches with Hadel and all those guys. And all of a sudden, it comes down to we're about to fold. And that was very discouraging for us. But there was so much going on that we didn't understand. And, um, and folks, you know, we were pretty much uh, out of a job and, you know, trying to get picked up by the NFL at that point. Well, and it, it, it did work out uh, great for you uh, subsequently, uh, making uh, the jump uh, to the NFL. But as far as, you know, you mentioned the name there of, of, of Steve Young. One of the things I found to be uh, kind of curious, I know you played with him, obviously, the most celebrated part of your career, you played with Barry Sanders. Uh, at least according to Wikipedia, you played high school ball with, with Lawrence Taylor. Now, it would have taken a lot of foresight at the time to know that he was going to become, you know, Lawrence Taylor. But I'm just wondering, you know, to, to play alongside guys like that, uh, you know, three of the all-time greats by any measure, was there any, you know, common factor that you saw with those guys? Was there anything that you ever kind of absorbed uh, just from watching how those guys went about their business? Oh, most definitely. Well, you know, you see, when it comes to Lawrence Taylor, see, he was a surprise to us because Lawrence played with my brother in Little League and, of course, junior high and all that, and we really didn't hear about Lawrence Taylor being a real force until probably his junior year, and that surprised all of us in our hometown. And as far as Barry Sanders, now Barry was in Wichita, Kansas, and his high school coach was actually my coach at Coffeville. <laughs> Wow. And, uh, I remember Barry coming out as a kid, you know, uh, to practice, you know, and we were, you know, always uh, kidding with him, plucking him on the head and all that good stuff. And, but you know what? We're drafting this guy as the Heisman Trophy winner in Detroit. So it was it was amazing. And I think when it comes to Barry and I in Detroit, we sort of fed up each other. It was my job to go out there and spark the team with a great return. And, of course, at that point, you know, they feed off of you. And Barry, of course, did a great job of getting motivated and feeding off my returns in order to go out there and do his thing. So it was a good, it was a good chemistry between you know the two of us on uh, as far as returns and him getting out there as the, at the running back position, getting getting things done. Absolutely, yeah, that was that was an unbelievable uh, offense and uh, special teams uh, unit at that time. Uh, 
As far as other players, too, I just had a side question as well, uh, just in terms of coincidence, uh, that, uh, and this is for, uh, for folks who are uh, significantly older than either one of us who would have had great memories of this, but of course, uh, your namesake, uh, a Pro Bowl wide receiver for the St. Louis Cardinals in the, uh, in the, in the early to mid-70s, I'm just curious uh, if you ever crossed paths with him at any uh, uh, banquets or any football events or anything along the way. Have you ever met the other Mel Gray? Oh, yes, uh, quite a few times. Uh, he's actually, uh, <laughs> we've had some mix-up there as far as uh, autograph signings and, you know, checks <laughs> and stuff coming to him and not to me and all that good stuff. But we've uh, <laughs> we've talked about that. And uh, and it's definitely been a mix-up. I, I remember first entering the NFL a lot of guys, like Rodney Pete and those guys, younger guys, thought that I was that Mel Gray that played with the Cardinals. I'm like, come on, man, do I look that old? I mean, Mel's Mel got me by a few years. But, you know, they always had that mix-up, and then some thought that he was my dad. Of course, he was probably uh-huh. too young to be my dad. So the mix-up was there quite, you know, for, for a while, but even during the years I played. But, you know, that's okay. You know, he did a great job for 11 years, and, uh, you know, hey, it's, it's an easy mix-up. Oh, that's yeah. That's kind of funny. I, I didn't know that uh, you, you guys were as intertwined as that. That is that is kind of funny with uh, mistaken identity and uh, and the like. Uh, as, as far as uh, other players like that and uh, older players, uh, some of your your predecessors, as far as uh, great return men, uh, certainly our our senior producer Steve Cervillo wanted me to ask as far as Billy White, Shoes Johnson. Was there any any guys that you consider to be influences? As far as how you went about the game of, of, of returns, anybody in particular whose film you really uh, studied or were able to learn from? Oh well, you know, first of all, I I, I hated returns. I was a pure running back at Purdue University, and uh, all mm-hmm. through my high school years, and of course my first few years in the pros, uh, that was something I pretty much had to do in order to stay around because of my size. But definitely over the years, I've watched guys like Billy White Shoes Johnson do his thing. I always said he was pretty crazy to go back there and receive those punts and run them up the field uh, because of his size. But he did such an outstanding job at that. And then you got another guy by the name of Rick Upchurch. You know, the guy mm-hmm. was amazing. You know, he was a little guy as well. And to see those guys do their thing sort of helped me uh, get motivated knowing that I can go out there and do the same thing. If I'm not going to be used at, at, at the running back position, then I might as well <laughs> make my mind up to go out there and do those things uh, in which those guys did, and that was to really turn punts and kickoffs in order to stay around. Absolutely. Well, the the uh, the the place you created for uh, yourself in, in the game really was unforgettable with uh, where you did get the opportunity and where you were able to excel. But along the lines of what you just said there, I'll pose to you the same question uh, that I did to your friend uh, Vernon Turner, good friend of ours also, uh, being that he was kind of in the same boat, uh, small guy but super quick. Do you ever look at the game now? Do you ever see, I'd, I'd say more or less like post-Brian Westbrook, the way that guys are used, somebody like a Darren Sproles. I mean, and not to ask a downer question, but do you ever get the sense of, of watching it say, gee, you know, it, it, maybe today I'd have like more of an opportunity to show my stuff. Do you ever have that sense of analysis as we're watching the game? I do, yes, I do. And sometimes, you know, I look at the game and I see uh, some of the play. And, of course, you know, you know, a lot of guys can sit back and say, man, I could get out there and I can do a better job still at 51. But in actuality, you really can't. But in your mind, you think you can based on the way they're playing right now, you know. But, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. 
I'm glad the question wasn't taken as a downer. I know that it very easily could be, but just from an, from an analytical point of view, I mean, the game really has changed, doesn't it? There's not that bias against size that there used to be, and you see it on the defensive side of the ball, too, it seems. You know, like with Jimmy Johnson, with what he did with Dallas in the 90s, you know, that uh, putting the emphasis on speed there and everything. I mean, it, it really is a different game as far as how guys like you are viewed today, I think. That's, that's right, because, you know, it's all about uh, speed, quickness, and toughness, you know, and the size really doesn't matter in, in most instances, but uh, you have to have that speed and the quickness, and you got to be physically tough. Yeah. Well, and as far as uh, we talked a little bit about uh, influences in the game and, uh, you know, folks that you, you played with, uh, some of the all-time greats that you, you suited up with, as far as folks that you played for, uh, just a quick scan of your biography would show uh, Jim Mora in New Orleans, uh, Jeff Fisher in Houston slash uh, Tennessee. Those are just the first ones that came to my mind. So what were uh, some, of, some of the biggest coaching influences uh, that you really had uh, over the course of your career and, and, and position uh, coaches as well? Well, I, w- I would say the biggest influence were, um, of course, you know, I had a great time in Detroit with Wayne Fonts. He, gr- he was really outstanding with the players. You know, uh, a lot of people didn't realize that because Wayne, he was a player coach, and a lot of people don't give him the credit that he deserved, but he did an outstanding job with the group of players that we had at that time to get us to that NFC Championship game, and I believe it was 92, 93, whatever. And, you know, without that type of guy, I don't think we could have done it. We couldn't have gone that far, you know. And, you know, we're looking at guys like, uh, Frank Gans. Frank Gans was a major uh, influence on me and my career and basically my success. You know, he had tremendous confidence in me. You know, he allowed me to make those mistakes and come back from them uh, without criticizing and setting you down. You know, he knew the potential that I had. and He said, okay, we're going to keep working. We're going to keep working. And he had a scheme, man, that was unbelievable. He knew how to, he knew how to put it together in order to make you successful. And he did that. And we were very successful in the uh, in the 90s. And I tell you, without that guy, I don't know if I would have done the things that I've done. It really wouldn't. And we had a great I've class heard- of guys that was willing to go out there and put their necks on the line on special teams. Most of the guys that were out there were big-time players, starters, you know, linebackers, you know, tight ends. They were out there blocking for me in order to make not only the special teams successful, but make sure that, I was successful as well. Oh, that's tremendous. Yeah, and I, I've heard great things about uh, Frank Gans. I, I've heard, I mean, not for anybody that's ever played for him, but uh, just for media types uh, and everything, I, I've heard uh, what, a, what a tremendous uh, coach he was. And, yeah, it, it did seem like a very special time and place uh, there in Detroit in the, in the early 90s uh, with everything that you had there. And uh, curious uh, as far as uh, I know, uh, that was where your uh, your friendship with uh, Vernon first started uh, back in uh, when you guys crossed paths in '93 uh, when he was there. And I know you guys are are close again today uh, with uh, both being down in uh, Houston. But I wasn't real clear because I know that uh, uh, there are some guys that uh, Vernon had sort of lost touch with over the years that he sort of withdrew from the game of football and now is kind of coming back into it. Had that been a steady thing over the years of where you guys were in touch, or did it just turn out to be, hey, this is great, we're both in the same geographic area now? Well, I think that's exactly what it was. We were in the same geographic area. Um, you know, I was, you know, making my home in a couple of different places, bouncing back from Phoenix, Arizona to Virginia, 
where I grew up, and decided to uh, make my home here in Houston, where I, I was able to get in touch with a few guys, and Vernon was one of those guys. And I tell you, just looking at, you know, where we came from, Vernon, when I first met Vernon, you know, um, you know, I watched him on the field because at that point, you know, I'm getting older, and I'm watching for anybody who wanted to take my job. You know? <laughs> so, and Vernon was one of the guys who stood out because the guy had so much potential. You know, he, he reminds me of myself, and that was fearful because he was quick, he was daring, he was elusive, and he could run that ball. So I'm thinking, oh, wow, i got to get on my toes. This guy can play. So that's how we met. And we start to talk, you know, and, uh, you know, just kind of share our deals. You know, uh, not enough for him to take my job, but we share some things, to, uh, you know, <laughs> sort of get close. And I had a lot of respect for the guy. And he contacted me, found that out, and lived in Houston. He contacted me. It was a great reunion. And now we hang out and, and have a good time every now and then. Oh, that's tremendous. That's a, that's a great story. I got to tell you, though, and it, it's always funny. You hear something from one side. Now now I've heard both sides of the story from talking to him. When he was there, he said, you know, he looked at it like, hey, I'm never going to take Mel Gray's job. So he, he never <laughs> at any time thought he was a threat to you. But I will tell you, he put you over endlessly for, for being a, a great mentor to him and teaching him things. I know you joked about, well, I did tell him enough to take my job. But, boy, he really <laughs> felt like whatever you told him, the things that you imparted to him, were definitely useful to his career, and, and he said how much he appreciated it. So I, I know that must make you feel good to hear that, the way that people look at you. Oh, most definitely. You know, Vernon, you know, when I first met Vernon, from the beginning, he, he's been a good guy. I could tell, you know, he reminds me, like I said, so much of myself. And, you know, when you're getting older, you know, your time is limited. And, you know, I've pretty much done, I think, as much as I could do in the game, and I tried to share with him as much as I could to make him successful as well without being selfish. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, you know, because, you know, some, at some point, you know, you have to step aside and let the other guy kind of fall in there and do his thing. And I wasn't so selfish at that point where I couldn't do that. Well, that's great. That's great. Not a lot of people would look at it that way, uh, certainly, but uh... – you know, it's it's really a tremendous, uh, and I know that I, that uh, Vernon is somebody obviously need to thank for uh, for hooking this up, for getting you on with us here, and of course he's been doing, of course the outreach with his very great book, uh, the next level game I had to play, recounting that. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm curious in terms of that, Mel, as, as somebody who played with him and, and somebody who was observing. I mean, how much of this? Uh, came as a surprise to you when you uh, found out about some of the circumstances and some of the things involved in the story. I know Vernon has just, he has said on the show and he has said to me privately that, you know, he was kind of buttoned up about some of those things and didn't really know how to express what he'd been through at that point. Were there a lot of things that really came as a shocker when you saw the book? Well, uh, not a shocker. Maybe a surprise uh, that is coming from him, but from the same, mm-hmm. from reading the uh, few chapters that I've read in the book and listening to some of the stories that he's uh, he's told me, uh, I've gone through some of the similar things, some of the same things. And so I can relate to, uh, you know, his story as a whole and understand, uh, you know, understand where he's coming from without it being shocking to me, you know, but surprising that he's the one who's gone through that as well. You know, I think that, you know, it, it, when you're dealing with some of the things that he's gone through and what I've gone through, it only makes you stronger, you know what I mean? And you can deal with things 
a lot better than other people who hasn't gone through those things. You know what I mean? Uh, the motivation yeah. factor is there, and you you can figure out things. You can figure out how to get over certain obstacles without being down and depressed about it. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's a real uh, point of commonality, and I, I didn't know that, uh, that that you had it uh, as much in common with him in that way uh, as you as you do. But yeah, that's uh, you're absolutely right about that. That uh, when you've been through something similar, you can you can certainly identify with that uh, as as much. And uh, you know. We uh, as as it's been a uh, real joy getting a chance to uh, talk to you here today, uh, Mel. Uh, we always like to give our guests a chance to plug uh, whatever. So anything that we didn't cover sufficiently about uh, your life, your career, and anything you've got going on, please take it away, sir. Hey, uh, well, you know what? Hey, I, I think you guys pretty much has uh, the gist on me, you know. So <laughs> I have nothing to add except to say thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, and uh, it's been a pleasure. Mel, thank you so much, and we, we'd love to have you back on and get your uh, your insights about uh, the game of football and to be able to learn a little bit more from you uh, subsequently and uh, to help see the game uh, through your eyes a little bit more. Uh, it was a true pleasure having you on today, sir. I hope to do it again sometime. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mel. Again, everybody, thank you all for tuning in today. Mini-episode number 173 with the great Mel Gray. <laughs>